and welcome to the Business Success Show and you are in for a treat. Stay tuned in. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with your host, Mac Atram, the business coach. And today I have the absolute pleasure to be in conversation with Tyler Horsley, all the way from Denver, Colorado. Uh, Tyler, welcome to the Business Success Show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're most welcome. And now for those who don't know who Tyler is, Tyler is uh, he's the CEO of his company, obviously, Nuclear Networking. Um, previous to starting his business, he's a U.S. federal officer. I'm sure we're going to hear more about that. He's built businesses. He's sold businesses. He runs a great agency. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about really uh, growing businesses, selling businesses, business growth tips for our audience. So Tyler, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial background. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? What happened? Sure. I had, um, I, I think it was kind of uh, an innate part of who I was growing up initially. And that doesn't mean success, by the way. That just means that I <laughs> I loved creating things and trying to work. So from when I was a child trying to do, you know, lawn mowing and earn money, I remember going up and down the street when I spent the summer at my grandma's house in Nebraska, um, basically knocking on doors and offering to scoop people's driveways for like 50 cents, right? <laughs> so it's it's kind of a little hustler is who I was when I was born, I guess. But um, yeah, I started my first uh, career in federal law enforcement uh, here in the States for uh, Department of Homeland Security, worked for the IRS, which was not a fun job. Uh, and then I went to military contracting, but I, the entrepreneurial, you know, that entrepreneurship really showed up more later in life as I started down the traditional career path. Um, and I, I felt friction there. And um, primarily because, and this could just be a United States government thing, maybe not <laughs> a clear representation of every organization, but it just felt really uh, inefficient. Um, just some of the systems, the technology, the way that things were done were just done because that's the way we've always done them versus, wow. you know, being, you know, uh, optimizing budget, human capital. And so I had an opportunity through the military contracting piece where I had a lot of extra time and I was actually able to start learning some of these marketing um, you know, deliverables on the side through master courses and more. And seriously, man, like I didn't have much money to my name. I remember putting one of these courses on a credit card <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of where, where it started. Right. And so, you know, happy to dive in deeper on the five year. Cool. So let me, but... yeah, let me, let me hear what you're saying. You're saying you're working for a government organization. You're getting a little bit disheartened. So, okay, look, look, what can I do? So you started to study marketing on the side, spending your right. own money, not the organization's money, your own money to grow yourself. It's so, so key, right. you know, because if you want to change, you can always learn how to change, whether it's as an entrepreneur, whether it's uh, in relationships, whether it's in business, it doesn't matter. So I love that. So was when you came out of that, was nuclear networking the first business you set up or was that something else? 
Um, it was, I guess, technically, it was the first business I set up, uh, but the first maybe six years of the entity existing, it yeah. was more of a side project, still had the daily job. Uh, we had different deliverables as well. Uh, at that time, we primarily only did social media. So our company has since changed. We've acquired several agencies since then. We do full scope, you know, from A to Z funnel building and more go into that later. But um, I did. It, it was in what's really odd about that is I, I didn't have the same passion investing into the collegiate, you know, education system of, you know, just go through A, B and C. I've certainly got my my degree and more. And I can I have that I can hang it on the wall. But um, learning about something that I was really passionate about was far more interesting to me and far more worthwhile for for me to make a personal investment in. So. So you had you 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 did the academic way. You got your qualifications previously. So now you were looking for look this entrepreneurial journey. And so you set up. So network um, nuclear networking is a marketing agency, is it? It is. Yeah, business growth agency. And um, yep, the, the the core differentiators and the reason I I say that is because just kind of taking a chip at our own agency here, marketing agencies, there's thousands and thousands and thousands. Correct. You can throw a lot one, right? Speaking above all, like what is the desired outcome and what is the outcome that we actually deliver in its business growth? And the reason that is, is because SEO or paid ads, it might not be a good fit for everyone. Yeah. Uh, so um, we do everything from ideating to finding out how you're, who you are and what your core differentiators are creating objective driven campaigns and then using sales automation to test that and quickly learn. So it's more of a fractional, um, you know, marketing department, if you will, full scope for people uh, rather than just one or two core deliverables. So. Super. So tell me, Tyler, what's the number one thing would you say someone listening in can do to grow their business right now and currently? Yeah. I, I think the number one thing, and it's going to be a little different than people might think, um, because I think most folks expect, you know, do SEO or go run a, grow, go run paid ads through Google or, or some sort of an action item. But it's actually what I would request and what I've learned the most of is it's a thought process. So one of the questions in kind of ripping on Simon Sinek here, start with the why. Mm. One of the questions that we ask our, our partners or prospects are, if I lined you up with 100 other competitors in your space and you were in an audience kind of like the size of yours in the background, <laughs> and I asked you, I said, you have 10 seconds to tell me why you are better than the 100 people standing behind you selling the same thing, go. Most people will fail that uh, because they'll, they'll come up with you know, well, we have five-star reviews or we're family-owned or we're this or we're that or we do our work with integrity and it's really generic noise. And while mm. all those things are true, there is no really clear differentiator for me to stop what I'm doing and listen directly to you and work with you and, and stop shopping around. And so we help uh, individuals by providing that thought partnership, find those, you know, your offer, who you are in the space and more and what differentiates you. So we can, we call them scroll stoppers, kind of like show stoppers, but you want people to stop scrolling on the phone when they, scroll when they stoppers. see you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so what's going to make that person? Yeah, go ahead. 
Oh yeah, that, that would just be the number one thing, like really understand who you are and how you're different from everyone else and, and then get affirmation from the public, not family or friends, that that actually provides value. Wow, because everyone's busy, everyone's busy scrolling. What's going to stop them to say, hey, I think that's for me, let me check it out. So that's fantastic. I like, I like, the, I like the way you say scroll stoppers. Now, yeah. Tyler, you have built businesses, you've sold businesses, you've acquired businesses, you've fixed businesses, you've sold them on. Tell us a little bit about that. And do you enjoy doing that? That is one of my favorite things to do. And I, you know, initially I say maybe for most founders, you get into a space because you know it well, or you have a passion behind it, uh, or you just have that itch that you want to grow something. So I'm a creator. I love creating, whether it's music or art or businesses, I love building things. And so, Naturally, you know, through building nuclear networking, um, very quickly I started realizing like, well, there's multiple ways to grow a company. And certainly marketing is the first and foremost thing that you have to have nailed down. But after that, you could also do acquisition. And so I started looking into the space and learning, what does it look like for me to, to acquire other marketing agencies? And, and not just any, but specifically agencies that do something really well that we don't. Something that I'm not just getting a book of business, but I could provide more value to our client base. And so I actually ended up rolling in uh, two companies. And in doing that process and learning the lingo and learning about multiples on EBITDA and how you evaluate these companies and how you do deal structures, I fell in love with the transaction world. And so, yes, I'm a marketer and I, I'm the CEO of a marketing agency and I know it like the back of my hand. But being able to leverage those skill sets in acquisitions and buying and putting companies together, um, that is, that's super exciting to me. And of course, selling them is as well. Absolutely. Tyler, would you agree that growing your, to, to, uh, growing your business, one of the fastest ways to grow your business or the fastest ways to acquire other businesses that are doing maybe the same as you or a lot more than you, and uh, you can double, triple, quadruple your business uh, in less than a year by, by that strategy. Yeah, with, with all the caveats and warnings aside, mathematically, yes. Um, but I'd also say, you know, if you don't have a change management team or you haven't really thought this through, you could very quickly go into debt by a company and all of it could fall off the back. Mm. So there's pros and cons, but absolutely, is that a quicker way of growing than organically? It is. And if you've got a system that you're confident in, I would highly consider it because <laughs> it's, you know, you might be operating a company better than your competitors. And so go buy them, right? Go buy them and put it into your system and, and benefit from that. So, yeah. Outside of um, your marketing agency and also buying businesses, acquiring businesses, for our listeners, what are some of the key items someone should focus on when it comes to maybe investing or if they think in all? Oh, I like what Tyler said. Maybe I can go and acquire my my um, my competitor, or maybe I can do something else. So I can invest my money this way. Any ideas? Any tips? Any suggestions on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, if it, it depends on how much capital you have, but I, I'd say maybe one of the best ways to answer this question is start by addressing how can you acquire competitors because there's a lot of different channels and some of them don't require money, believe it or not. So. Uh, one of the things uh, just from an experience share um, that we did is uh, I facilitated what's called two cashless mergers. So two separate cashless mergers. And so what you do, and this is easier with metaphors, but you know, if I have five apples 
I own 100% of five apples. And if I meet another person with five apples, they own 100% of their five apples. And so what you propose, and there's actually a lot of benefits to this, is from the business side, apples aside, I'm going to create more stock in my company, which is not a taxable event. By the way, buying a company is a taxable event. Selling a company is a taxable event. Creating more stock is not. And so what I would do is, is I create double the amount of stock on paper, and then I issue that stock to another business owner who has five apples. And so now, instead of me owning 100% of five, I own 50% of 10, right? So it makes sense conceptually. So no one had to buy a company. No one paid a dime. No one got taxed. We are now, we just decided to join forces under one brand and we are now a bigger company. And so benefits of doing that, one, if you meet other founders that, and you will, and you can, any, any person who's a business owner, I promise you, you can almost cold call and eventually find a founder who is dissatisfied working in their space or they just want out and they don't know how to get out. And so these are really cool mechanisms to say, look, and here's what I did. I'll quarterback this deal, roll your company in with me. I'll give you 50% equity in nuclear networking or whatever it is. And I'm going to grow this company through acquisition to the point where we can actually go sell it. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do it. I'll keep running. I'll manage it. I'll go sell it for us. And then you'll get a check someday. And that's essentially what I did. So I, I, I helped other founders kind of get out of their own agencies by rolling them up under mine. And I took it. Obviously, there's paperwork and, and those types of things involved, but that's a way to buy your competitors if you want to still have them on your cap table or if you want them to be a part of your ownership. Um, so that's if you had no money and you wanted to grow, that's a way to do that. Or if you wanted to sell, but you're not big enough, that's another way to achieve that. Secondly, at least in the States, and I can't speak for everywhere else, but um, SBA, the government actually facilitates new business loans or business acquisition loans. And typically those terms are really favorable. You have 10 years to pay them back. You might be paying anywhere from five to 9% at the time of this recording. Right. Right. Because who knows where it's going to be in a month with this. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to go down that road. So, um, but with that being said, like, okay, so what does that look like? Well, if you're going to go buy a company and especially if it's in service, just like a home, there's a likelihood you only have to put 10 or 20% down on the loan that they give you to buy the whole company. And in addition to not needing a lot of capital to buy an expensive company, quote unquote, maybe something under 10 million actually, separately, you can typically keep the founders on for a couple of years. And so that's called an earnout. Um, and essentially you give them 30% of their value up front. So if you have, a, a, you know, whatever it is, $10 million company, you'd give them 3.3 million up front. And then if they stay with you for two years, they get the rest, right? And, and something like that. And there's a lot of levers there. But I, I guess for anybody, just to summarize all of this, highly uh, recommend at least educating yourself around the acquisition space, buying, selling, merging, because that, that's just another notch in your tool belt where you can actually maybe exercise that someday if you ever hit a wall or if you're looking for other opportunities versus just how do I get more clients? It's like, there's a lot of creative ways to do that. And and you don't need to be heavily capitalized to do that well. So very good. Tyler, did you go and learn that from someone or is that something you, you just figured out on the way? What, what, what is <laughs> I think I know, I think I know the answer, but I don't want to ask the question. Yeah. So a little bit of both. 
Um, I never did any formal training in investment banking, uh, but I learned everything that I do, I try to learn the process. So when people go hire, you know, I, I have hired a coach as an example. So like a, a business coach, and I've never done that before. And wow. so I wanted to try that out. But instead of just being coached and consuming what I am purchasing, I'm also studying the person coaching me. And I'm trying to understand what the patterns are, what questions they ask, how to think about these things. I'm not going to go be a coach, but I'm sure that I could take that knowledge with me in the training that they've had over the past 22 years and maybe condense a version of that that I can't take with me. So I'm getting double value from my investment there. So likewise, I hired an M&A firm to help sell nuclear networking. And in doing so, I watched everything they did, what they asked for, what was necessary. I learned about all the terminology. And in doing so, I very quickly kind of learned how to do this on my own. And uh, I, I ended up facilitating those other deals without a banker involved. It was me. And so certainly attorneys, but yeah, so it's a little bit of both. <laughs> That's amazing. I know my friend Jeremy teaches, um, you know, M&A acquisitions, um, buying businesses, yeah. and it's fantastic. Now, listen, uh, tell us, Tyler, you know, as you're speaking, it reminded me of um, Robert Kiyosaki's book, mm. Rich, um, not Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Cash Flow Quadrant, Cash Flow Quadrant, where he talks about yeah. four mindsets in business. He talks about the employee mindset, uh, you know, just want security, exchanges time for money, the self-employed mindset. If the business has to happen, they have to be in it. They have to be involved in it. Um, the big business mindset, which is, you know, to create systems, processes, build a team um, to sustain it. And, and the investor mindset. And as you were speaking, I'm thinking, hey, Tyler was an employee. Tyler started his business and he got it going. He did all the stuff and he hired it. Tyler built this business and Tyler also has been investing. So you've done the whole caboodle. Some people um, who are employees think, 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 I want to be an entrepreneur one day. And they, what do you think stops them fulfilling that endeavor? Uh, the ability to persist beyond logic, fear, and hardship. That's probably it. I think a lot of people have an opportunity to be successful entrepreneurs, but there's an illusion of security that we all worship, which is if I go get a day-to-day -day steady job, then I'm fine and I'm safe and I don't have to take risks. And that's where a lot of mindsets are these days. That's why we rely so much on government and other entities that communicate they're going to keep us safe, right? And so the ironic part about that, as any founder knows out there, is in the employee mindset, which by the way, is not a bad thing. It's really not because... I just want to stop myself here. <laughs> like your version of success could be having a wonderful family at home. Mm. And if that's the case, you don't need to be an entrepreneur. It's okay. Like we're all living our own unique lives. So just with that as a caveat, if you're, if you do want to be an entrepreneur or if you're an employee who does, what I would say to you to kind of break the wall down is that illusion of safety or that fear of lack of security you haven't gotten rid of that by working at a job. You've only delegated it to your superior, the person who started the company you were working for, because they're taking risks. They could go out of business tomorrow. They could have some sort of famine hit. <laughs> like it doesn't go away at, at all. And, and, and that's the biggest thing. It's, it, it's maybe, you know, 
rightfully so lack of confidence, right? It's a newly, it, it's a new world entrepreneurship. And, and if it is capital intensive, there could be very real consequences, you know, if it's not well planned out. Um, but, but what I would say is planning and education is achievable. Education cures anxiety. So learn as much as you can. You don't need to make the leap right now. You can keep working your day job, but learn everything you possibly can. And then if you actually do go take that leap someday, you'll be well-equipped, but the fear or the, the mirage of, of security, that should not be a reason somebody doesn't get into entrepreneurship because it's actually not real. <laughs> so I, I love what you said there about uh, risk and security, and it's just a false wall. It, it can break down at any time. And so right. I love that. See, on one side, there are people who stop themselves. And then the other side, there are people who, uh, business owners, entrepreneurs who work so hard that they nearing burnout. Uh, because okay. they haven't put the right things in place to make sure that hasn't happened. Why do some entrepreneurs head to burnout and really want to give up on the whole thing? Yeah. So for one, I mean, that's been me several times, so I can speak from experience here. And I think that it's a natural, it's uh, just the way that I think and the way that I process life is I, I, I try to look at my own mind as kind of an operating system in and of itself. Okay. I only have a specific amount of bandwidth. So just like a computer or anything else, it's like I can only do certain amount of certain amounts of things. And, and then I also have to acknowledge like general business truths, which is typically, and this is almost always true, a founder who builds a company from one to 5 million is typically a different person than a person who builds or takes a company from five to a hundred million. Right. It's different, it's a right. different mindset. Um, most founders are, able to bootstrap their inner survivalist mentality. Um, they're able to be really scrappy and quick and get things done. They're very quick, very sharp. Um, but after 5 million, when you have a staff of 20 or more, that looks different. That founder might drive people away because they're manic or they might not trust anyone to do the job as well as they can because mm -hmm. who's going to do the job better than you, right? And so what you're doing and what most founders find themselves in is uh, almost a prison because you've, you've left the job world and you've basically created a full-time job for yourself uh, versus being a scalable visionary. So one of the things that's helped me tremendously, at least conceptually get this down, is EOS or traction. And there's a lot of other methodologies. They're scaling up and more, but reading the book Rocket Fuel or What the Heck is Traction, any, anything by Gina Wickman, you know, just me. My experience here it's like okay well if i created seats in my company mm -hmm. meaning fire yourself like imagine you don't work here you're looking at somebody else's company like there has to be a visionary somebody driving the needle uh and, and then you know there's accounting so that's a seat somebody's in accounting you've got to build customers and then there's customer support this that and the other you go through the entire exercise and then you realize Wow, I have 15 positions here, but only I work here. <laughs> and then it provides you clarity around like, who do I need to hire? And you can start chipping away at helping yourself be more scalable. But um, I would, uh, to summarize that piece, is like really invest and learn about methodologies and think what is best for the company, not for me. And that's the hardest part as a founder, but what's right for the company? Because if it's just you doing all the work, your company will never grow past a certain point and you'll stress yourself out and your life may not be as great as it could have been otherwise. 
And then secondly, when you know who you need to hire, do it well the first time. Don't just hire based on salary because you want to save a couple bucks. Like you're going to get what you paid for barely. Right. So it's, those are two things I learned the hard way that I'd, I'd hope to help other people avoid. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks. A great, great, great point. Well made there. You know, on the same note, what I wanted to ask you as well, Tyler, is this in your entrepreneurial journey thus far, What's been, if there is, one of the biggest lessons that sticks out to you that you've learned? Would there be, I don't know if there is one. Or yeah. one. What would you say that would be? There is, uh, there's three, um, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it, go for it. <laughs> yeah, and, and they'll, be, they'll be fairly quick. But one, surround yourself with mentors and people who are much more successful than you are. And that doesn't mean that they just fell into dumb luck. Find people who have experienced a lot of pain so they can help you avoid that. And don't ask them for anything related to your company unless they offer. Meaning if you are lucky enough to have someone pay attention to you who has lifetimes more wealth than you do, the quickest way to burn that relationship is go, hey, if you have any clients who need my services, would you give me money? Like, do not do that. That'll keep that relationship sacred. Right. That person is an oracle. Don't ask them for money. You need their knowledge. It's more important than money. So that's the first thing. The second thing is for new founders, do not, <laughs> like, I would beg you, don't so quickly rush into partnerships and give away your entire vision in equity before it materializes. Because one of the things founders know is I have a vision. I just need help executing this. And I'm desperate to do it quick because we all want it to be quick and immediate. And one of the mistakes that some founders make is they give away the entire crop before it's even been grown. Right. And so the best way to avoid that is honestly, just talk to other successful business owners there's so many vehicles for that. That's another thing I learned through mergers and acquisitions. You can give people warrants. Mm. Hey, you do get 50% of my company, but only once it's worth $10 million. And these warrants expire after five years. Because look, if you haven't brought value to this company in five years, you don't get to exercise this later when I, like there's tons of vehicles. It's okay. more complex, but better than you think. Any idea you have in your mind, it probably exists. Wow. So number yeah, two. The, yeah, I was like, that's two. So um, third piece that's sort of uh, giving away the ship and, and then surrounding yourself with partners um, is likely try to build an organization where you are not the bottleneck. Right. And this is easier said than done, but it's like if you know a lot of things need to be done and you can make $100 doing the task yourself or $20 having someone else do it, take the 20 now you're free. <laughs> yeah. Have someone yeah. else do it and now go create it. Like try to regularly outsource what it is you do from the beginning. Because if you build yourself into a prison, you'll never be able to get out. And you can't sell you, you can't sell that company. You're like, oh Tyler, the company's you, man. I can't uh, you can So those are the three things that I, I always try to remember on all the new companies that I buy, build, and sell. Love it. Love it. Excellent. 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 I'm going to come back to you for some, for some final words in a minute, Tyler. Um, so you are listening to the Business Success Show with Tyler Horsley and Mac Atram. So if you are not already following or subscribe to this channel, do so now. Click it. You know, you heard me. Do it now. 
follow, subscribe. Why? Because if and when we upload and give more, if we have more experts like this, you will be pinged. That means you'll be the first to be notified. So do that now. Also, um, like and also make comments as well so we know what you got out of this particular conversation on entrepreneurism. And so over to you, uh, Tyler. Is there anything you would have loved to say? I haven't asked you already, but that's also very important to our audience, would you say? I would say, first and foremost, you're providing a lot of quality value on your show. And I have paid thousands of dollars a month for coaching. And most people can listen to this for free. Absolutely. Please like and subscribe. That is the cheapest way to support somebody. And it helps. And I'll just tell you from an algorithmic standpoint, so that's the space I'm in. It helps tremendously and Mac, you deserve it. <laughs> so like and subscribe. For, um, yeah, I guess uh, final things I would tell folks is um, access podcasts like this, watch YouTube, learn as much as you possibly can. Knowledge is far more um, superior than action, which sounds weird because there is kind of like the, the James conundrum, like, you know, Faith without works is dead, right? Or whatever. So it's like same, same in this space. It's yeah, if you never do anything and you just know everything, like that, that's obviously not going to bring you success. But what I would tell you is, at least for myself, if you are a founder who's a quick start, hey, let's go start a business, let's go take out a loan, do it being you could very quickly run yourself off a cliff. So I just really want to hit home. Surround yourself with mentors who will tell you if you're making a mistake. You don't want family and friends who are cheering you on. They don't, they may not know better. <laughs> like you need people who can really speak into your life who you trust, who will tell you no, or don't do that, or think about this differently or wait, um, because you do have a lot of talent to bring to the world. You have a lot of opportunity. You want to make sure that your highest and best use is exercised well. So you don't spin your wheels, you know, doing something that'll drive you into the ground. So hopefully that hits with some. Absolutely. Words. That's so, that's amazing. Hey, Tyler, how can people reach out to you? What's the best way to, for them to connect to you, learn from you, maybe get involved in what you're doing or you can help them? Yeah, so I would welcome um, really uh, a, a lot of different groups. Obviously, from a marketing standpoint, I biased opinion. I believe we have that down quite well. So if, if you want free education around marketing, you don't even need to work with nuclear, but go to nuclearnetworking.com. And, you know, click any of the calls to action there. There'll be a bright buttons. You'll see, you'll see what you should click. <laughs> Improve my marketing, et cetera. Basically that includes a free competitor deconstruct conversation with me or somebody else on the education and sales team. Uh, separate from that, if you're already a business owner and you're really interested in either buying a company, selling a company, if you just want uh, an ear, I love meeting founders and I'm offering my time for free. Love to meet you and feel free to email me, Tyler at nuclearnetworking.com. Tyler at nuclearnetworking.com. You heard it from the man himself. So Tyler, thank you. We'll put the, all these details in the bottom of the, the, the footnotes of, the, um, of this show. So thank you again. I must say, it's been a pleasure having this conversation with you, your man. Well, you, you're, you're, you've got so much wealthy knowledge that it needs to be shared. So your clients, your partners you're working with, you know, they, they are, I think they're very lucky to have you. So thank you again for jumping onto the Business Success Show. I must have uh, much appreciated. Thank you, Mac. Appreciate it.